Happy 2019, everybody. Twenty eighteen was well, it was something. But now that's all over, and we've got a whole new year to look forward to. Except for us education type folks, we're just starting the second half of the school year. That means, beginning next week, some of us are doing what we're doing for the umpteenth time, while some of us are doing it for the very first. In this welcome back episode, Sorry, it's just me. But everybody's either still out on vacation or busy prepping for next week, which, incidentally, is what I will be continuing to do right after this recording is done. Either way, I wanted to share with you some of the routines, tips, tricks, heck, you might even call them rituals, that help me get ready for a brand new semester. And if you're a brand new student, heck, even enrolled in one of my courses... This could serve as unique insight others rarely get prior to starting classes. So let's roll with Season 4, and I'm calling each semester a season because I can. Here we go. I'm Dr. Ryan Strait, Assistant Professor of Educational Technology at the University of Arizona, and this is The New Professor. three very specific pieces of advice, and then I'm going to try to explain a little bit of the method to my own madness. I also want to preface all the following advice with this. Your health comes first, and always should. Eat right, get some exercise, and aim for a full night's sleep. Heck, if you can swing it, take a nap midday, if that helps. Examine your life and adjust it accordingly to what actually makes you better at what you do, not what so-called experts tell you is optimal. That said, here we go. Pro tip number one, get a desk calendar. Yep, it's as low-tech as that. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, a desk calendar is exactly what it sounds like. A large calendar that sits on your desk. And I mean flat on your desk. It's for writing on. You can put things on it. It's multifunctional, truly. I cannot begin to tell you how useful these things are. I'm a pretty paperless guy, all things considered. Probably more paperless than most people, if I'm honest. That said, having one of those 22 by 17 paper calendars at a glance at all times is amazing. Maybe game-changing, depends on your game. But not only do you have an instant overview of your entire schedule, but you can refer to it when reading or working at your computer without flipping things around or switching windows. And I know that some people use a large wall-mounted whiteboard for a calendar, and while I can see the utility of that, my suggestion to you 
is to use that wall-mounted whiteboard, and I have spoken about these before. You know, the super cheap, smooth, white sheets of stuff they sell at Lowe's or Home Depot? Just cut up and nailed to the wall? Works great with dry erase markers. Anyway, use the wall-mounted whiteboard as a place to keep notes, mind maps, statuses, etc. Using the whiteboard as a calendar means figuring out how to either replace the content each month without losing said content, or rotating a couple calendars at a time and still running into the same problem. So go snag a desk calendar from Office Depot or Amazon, they're like 10 bucks. Heck, the bookstore probably has one. And don't worry about the coffee or the tea stains you'll inevitably get on them. They give them character. Pro tip number two, reverse schedule your time. Now that you've got your calendar on your desk and maybe your giant whiteboard on the wall, it's time to actually schedule your work. Now, the problem I often see with quote-unquote due dates is really just how people think of them. They tend to be considered targets. That is, something has a due date of next Friday at noon, we tend to, for a number of reasons, some of which I've talked about in previous episodes, think that it needs to be completed or finished at noon. Unsurprisingly, this isn't actually the case. It's simply when the window for submission of that thing closes. Don't think of it as a target. It isn't one. Think of due dates as the point in time in which you can no longer make changes to the item that you've submitted. Like hitting send on an email. As long as you still have it in draft form, you can still make changes. After you hit that button, that option is gone. Well, I can't speak for other instructors necessarily, what I truly love to see is the submission of assignments well before the due date, and then, as the window closes, resubmissions with updated content. It tells me there's being constant and considerable thought given to the work that the material is being digested and combined with other information, both new and old. So how does this relate to reverse scheduling? Simple, really. Find the date the window of that submission closes, i.e. the due date. Figure out how much time you think it'll take to complete it. And no, you might not know that right offhand just by looking at it. You might need to do some work on it first, just to get a feel for it. Split that time up into manageable chunks, and then move them around your schedule until it fits. Remember that this can often not include just the actual sitting down and doing the typing or coding or whatever time, but also the, oh, there's more reading than I need to do time, and the, this is what I do to mentally warm up for this kind of work time. Again, know thyself and be realistic. While you might think you work better under pressure, and starting the eight-hour assignment just four hours prior to the submission deadline forces you to be efficient, it doesn't. You're not actually better under pressure. You just procrastinated. Reverse scheduling and the self-discipline, the motivation that is necessary to do it, are the keys to overcoming that. And I say this as a self-admitted procrastinator. I mean, try it out for a semester. See how it goes. It's worth a shot, right? Pro tip number three, be selfish. 
If you're in school, you're basically taking on another job. Albeit one that you have to pay for rather than pays you. That means you have time constraints. That means you have responsibilities. These responsibilities can and will pull you away from other responsibilities in your life. Now is the time to talk it over with your loved ones and state it very plainly. Perhaps you need to bargain. I have class on Wednesday night when Johnny has ballet. How about you take him to dance practice and I'll do X, Y, or Z instead? Sure, seems perfectly reasonable, right? But here's the trick. Once you make that agreement, do not think about it anymore. Simply acknowledge that this is how things are for a while and then focus on the work. The end result of your time at school will be something that makes your life, the lives of your loved ones, and society as a whole better. But for the time being, it's removing you from your regularly scheduled lifestyle. So in that sense, you have permission to be selfish. The end result is worth it. Now, how do I prepare? Well, my new semester routine typically goes like this. Try to become hyper-organized, mostly fail at that, settle for being adequately organized, think I've got everything ready, share it with my students, find a dozen mistakes and typos, fix them, hope the students didn't notice, rinse and repeat. In all seriousness, at the beginning of each semester, I make an effort to reflect on the previous semester, or at least the last time the classes I'm teaching have been taught, and then make improvements where I can. Sometimes that's slightly massaging submission windows and content pacing. Sometimes that's completely revamping the presentation of a class. Whatever you choose to do, don't reinvent the wheel every time. Be honest with yourself about your strengths and weaknesses, and do what you can to tip the balance in your favor a little bit more every time. Nobody expects you to be perfect. No one ever is. And remember that. What you tend to see is what someone wants you to see. What you don't see is how many failures and false starts it took them to get there. This is a place to try wild things. To stumble, to fall, to fail, to try again. Now, before we go, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Rare is the instructor that lacks any anxiety about starting a new semester. We're human, believe it or not. Oh, sure, we're thrilled and excited and chomping at the bit to dig into the content and share what we know with our students and see just what they can do with it. But more than that, we're looking forward to getting to know you and finding out just what we can learn from you. So if you're a little nervous, a little anxious about starting a new semester, it's okay. Everybody is. So I hope this helped you put the right foot forward as we move into a new year, a new semester, into maybe new paradigms of your life and of you. So once again, thank you for listening to this little podcasty thing of mine. If you found it entertaining or informative or useful, please do subscribe and rate it on the podcatcher of your choice. Whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or however you listen. And, as usual, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at NewProfCast, while show notes, transcripts, and more can be found on the website at thenewprofessor.com. Until next time. <laughs>